Welcome to FinTech Insider Interviews, coming to you from Her Majesty's Treasury this week. That's rather impressive, I have to say. Uh, I'm David Brewer, and it's my pleasure to be joined this week by John Glenn, MP, who is the Economic Secretary to the Treasury. How's it going, John? Not too bad, thanks, David. Yeah. Well, thanks for making time for us and actually letting us in here as well. This was uh, really, really exciting. Um, I, I guess for, for all of us uh, in the UK, we've probably got a bit more context on, mm. on your particular role, but we've got lots of international listeners. Sure. Um, can you give them a bit more context about what the EST's role actually is? Okay, so there's five members of parliament who are ministers in the Treasury. There's the Chancellor, the Chief Secretary, the Financial Secretary, the Economic Secretary, and the Exchequer Secretary. So the Economic Secretary is responsible for the city. So I do sort of banks, insurance, anything to do with the City of London. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also do financial inclusion, the Debt Management Office. Um, I deal with uh, sanctions and anti-money laundering, economic crime, green finance, um, and fintech is also one of those elements. So it's a very busy role. Um, I've been doing it now for 18 months, and uh, yeah, it's a fantastic role because obviously the City of London is such an important part of our economy, um, and to be sort of overseeing and be responsible for the interface between Parliament and regulators on really key parts of our economy is, is a great privilege. Well, and like you say, it's a super busy role, but within that, fintech being, you know, well, financial services more broadly, but fintech, I guess, being something that must be taking up a lot of your time right now. Well, fintech's a really exciting bit of my brief because it's growing fast. We're independent. It's not just me saying it. It's an independent acknowledgement that the UK is sort of a world leader in this area. I think we saw 15 billion of investment last year. Uh, that's been followed up by figures early this year too. Um, so it's exciting in a world that's changing rapidly to see really the application of technology to financial services um, and to see this country flourishing is, is wonderful. Yeah, it's been a great thing, great news story for us really internationally as well as locally. I, I guess when it comes to fintech, you know, uh, I know you, I've seen you speak quite a lot about it, but yeah. is this something you use on a day-to-day basis as well? Well, I do. I mean, I obviously got banking apps and various investment apps. I mean, I shouldn't be giving a, um, a plug to anyone in particular. <laughs> I think there's some areas, though, that I'm excited to see further evolution. Um, you know, the full application of open banking is really important. And, you know, it'd be great when you're renewing your insurance. That's what I look forward to, some better products there that would, I think there's a lot of work going on. Um, but it'd be good to see some progress there. But, you know, it's exciting. I think everyone who's got a device, which is virtually everyone, is looking for new products and new ways of accessing better financial service products all the time. Yeah. And I, and I guess in terms of over the last 18 months that you've been in, in this particular role, what's the achievement that sort of stands out for you in, in that space? You, you sort of mentioned open banking a little bit there, but, I mean, is that the thing that stands out? Or is there a... It, it's almost hard to pick, I guess, with everything that's happening here. Well, we've had um, quite a lot of progress. I mean, open banking is still to be fully realised. I mean, we had the fintech uh, sector strategy last year. And I think that sort of crystallised some of the things that we want to do in terms of better uh, interface between regulators in different jurisdictions with fintech bridges. Um, We announced one in Australia last year. Um, But also, we're really keen to um, get behind entrepreneurs and to actually make sure that they can you know, be facilitated through the onboarding process. So we've got these onboarding guidelines, which are really important, and allow entrepreneurs not to be held back by interface with regulators. We've given the FCA a strong competition obligation, and so some of the work they've been doing is really helpful to move things forward quickly. And I've 
I've had a number of um, conversations, uh, round tables with fintech entrepreneurs, and I've been very you know, pleased with the generally positive response they've had to the way that we've, uh, with fintech nation, tech nation, in terms of what they've been doing to try and grab entrepreneurs and get them to a point of delivery quickly. Yeah, well, it, it definitely feels like that's the that's been the catalyst. To your point around the the uh, statement around competition, mm-hmm. um, and actually, I guess both here and now further overseas, we're seeing Singapore and Hong Kong and various different places trying to emulate that mm-hmm. that sort of push and that ecosystem that's created here. Um, do you see fintech being a an export now as well as something that we're changing uh, our own environment on? Well, we're very well positioned in the UK in terms of. You know, what we've got to sort of bringing together you know, the city of London, the regulator, and digital technology and technology generally. That's creating a real hub here. But yes, it is something we need to export. And what we need is optimal pathways of dialogue, business to business, government to government, regulator to regulator, with the countries you just mentioned. Because of course, many of those have got growing consumer markets where the appetite for better financial services products better ways of accessing niche new products is, is there. So, um, you know, I, I say we need to grow in all dimensions, uh, locally, uh, domestically, and then, of course, internationally as well. This deal sets apart. That this economy okay, is... We need to, to get down to business. Yeah. We need to get yeah. the pressure is beginning. Business investment. Jobs. The more you hear about Brexit, the less clear it all becomes. When everyone else is shouting, listen. For the clarity behind the headlines, subscribe to the Financial Times. Visit ft.com. Today, customers are demanding greater value from financial services. They expect more agility, innovation, and security than ever before. Most financial institutions are held back by the shackles of closed legacy systems that limit transparency, block innovation, and ignore customers' demands. Finastra has a bold vision to unlock the potential of people and business. They've created a platform for open innovation in the world of financial services with FusionFabric.cloud. Their solutions span retail, transaction lending, and treasury and capital markets on-premise and in the cloud. Start your transformation journey today with Finastra. I guess with that context, we probably can't get away from talking about Brexit for, for a second. But I mean, all of the ingredients that have made this ecosystem what it is today, mm. uh, do you think they will be affected in any way uh, negatively by what's happening with, uh, with the context of Brexit? Well, temperamentally, I'm an optimist and I was responsible in the Treasury for doing all the work to prepare for a no-deal scenario. Um, but you know that is clearly not where we want to be. Um, I think that there's enormous resilience to the city of London. You know, I mentioned the, you know, the three elements of the technology heritage, the access to finance through the city of London and a strong internationally well-regarded regulator. That isn't going to change. And uh, I think the, the, the beauty of fintech is it, it is less focused on uh, which jurisdiction. It's, it prizes innovation. And if you can innovate and get regulatory approval, you've got a market opportunity. Mm. So I'm not, um, for broader reasons within my portfolio, um, relaxed about where we are. We need to resolve the exit path from the EU. But I think fintech has proved to be very resilient over the last three years. And I see no reasons why it will be damaged uh, going forward 
uh, whatever the circumstances of our, our exit. I completely agree with that. I think, as you say, all of the elements are are still here. Yes. Uh, if anything, it gives us some opportunity to, to potentially take advantage of, uh, of yeah. the, the changing landscape. I, I guess maybe the only last thing to, to, to talk about then is where are we going with this? You know, mm. what's the uh, vision that you have from a, a future perspective in terms of where fintech or the London financial services ecosystem can, can get to? Well, I think what I would say is that the focus can always sometimes dwell a lot on creating interesting tools for wealthy people to access better financial services products. What I'm interested in is the whole financial inclusion agenda. We still have, I think it's 1.2 million people who are unbanked. Um, And I think fintech provides opportunities to allow people to access financial services products, to be able to access credit at a more affordable rate, to verify their credit worthiness more efficiently than traditional bricks and mortar banks. And so I think the application of the the fintech phenomena to the poorest in our society, providing real solutions to allow them to budget better and to access financial products more easily is where I think there's great opportunity. And uh, I want to see that facilitated and extended and and, and urgently too. Yeah, it feels like, as you say, there's, there's potential to focus really into small groups, doesn't there? Whether it's unbanked or, I mean, the, the remedies funds that have sort of been unlocked yeah. now, it feels like SMEs are gonna get some amazing amount of focus there as well. Yeah. Um, wealth as well, to your point, it's actually being in a situation where digital can just facilitate yeah. a different conversation, isn't it? Well, if, a few weeks ago, I went to, to visit um, funding options mm-hmm. who essentially provide a, an online marketplace of funding for SMEs. Um, giving a more appropriate and tailored match to the needs of different small businesses. And I think that principle is obviously applicable to the poorest in society mm. with different profiles and different needs. And you know, that's the sort of work that excites me because I think it, it means a, a step change in terms of the, you know, it's better than you know, people in unauthorized high, high cost lending or exploitative actors who really don't care about what's happening to the individuals involved. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's a relentless focus on the end consumer, isn't it? And it, it, I find the, uh, the matching there really interesting because we've got really big organizations learning again, sort of rekindling of that fire for customer centricity. You've got fintech players coming in who are born into the, the digital age, who are yeah. by nature very sort of consumer centric. So yeah. it's an interesting sort of battlefield that's really yeah. sort of shaping out now. Well, and, and it's happened so quickly. I mean, I was just thinking as you were ask, as you were talking that, you know, I left university in 1996 and I remember a friend in the States telling me to contact her by email and I was like, had to book a slot in a room. <laughs> um, now, you know, we, we do virtually everything on the device that we carry in our pockets from our banking, our scheduling, uh, you know, shopping, our delivering our food. And, you know, we've seen a transformation in the generation. So it's exciting to think about with respect to fintech where we will be in 20 years time. Yeah. Because I think the area that's quite interesting, too, is to anticipate needs. So in the area of open banking, you know, how can you say, well, actually, you know, you, this is your behavior over the last 
three months. Mm. Can we suggest these interventions to make your life function better? Yeah. This is where it gets very exciting and, and transformational yeah, in society. Yeah, com- completely agree. We, we talk a lot about the difference between products and services and actually that move, as you say, to a service where you can avoid people going into overdrafts or Absolutely. avoid people defaulting on loans, then, yeah. I mean, anything that's preventative rather than uh, sort of uh, restoration post is, is a much right. better course. Absolutely, yeah. And I think fintech's right at the heart of that. And so we're seeing lots of work going on in small firms getting up to grips with some of these ideas. And, uh, you know, the full outworking of that is obviously exciting for the country. And, you know, I think it's an enormously strong sector employing lots of people, more and more people, uh, and I don't see what's going to impede that from further growth. Fantastic. Well, on that note, I know you're a busy man, so we'll let you get back to your day, but um, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks very much, David. It's been a great pleasure to speak to you.